Okay, so welcome, Diana. Thank you for joining me. You have come from Blivanda. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And yeah, what are you up against? What are you facing? Yeah, so Blivanda is a physical project, a house project in the city of Stockholm. Um, we have a big 900 square meter house uh, with a co-working space, a maker space, and the three big rooms that are in event venues. Um, in 2019, we also started to expand uh, our physical place into a container market in an underused parking spot. And we're in the historical um, harbor of Stockholm. So it's a really interesting area that is going to be redeveloped and doesn't have a plan yet because it's politically very interesting and important. So there might be even a future for us here after redevelopment. So we're trying to yeah, form an independent and cultural and participatory uh, environment for people that want to spend a life connected with creative souls and non-creative souls that want to have a good time. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I really don't like the term community manager because I really don't think that I should be managing anyone. <laughs> but I, you could say that I'm that. I organize a lot of things and I step in when people um, need it. And I'm quite good at finishing things. So I'm this person that, you know, like is finishing stuff <laughs> constantly um yeah and right now we are just about to start our uh first retreat uh the believe on the retreat we have been waiting one and a half years for it and uh, i watched the other video that you probably can link in the descriptions um and had some follow-up questions or yeah i was looking for some advice um a little bit into our specific community and um yeah i'm looking forward to asking those questions and listen mm -hmm into it cool maybe you can say a little bit more as well about like who are we talking about because it sounds like there's a large number of people involved like members of the public and all kinds of participants that are coming to the space who's the retreat for so Blivanda is an ecosystem so we have really like a multi-layered as you were meant as you are right um, membership system and the retreat is for, is for people that are either part of the core team, the staff team, uh, the co-working space or the uh, maker space or have a container in the square. Mm -hmm. People that consider this to be around or part of their working space and we have about I think 60, around 60 people that uh, are here very regularly and have um, one of these memberships. And about, I think, 35 of them are coming to the retreat, which for us was a surprise because we thought only like yeah, 20 people. But as people signed up, more and more wanted to come. And is it uh, fair to say that all of those people or lots of those people, it sounds like you're in this kind of hybrid space between community and business. So like, I guess a lot of those people would be like either paying rent or maybe they're getting paid to have roles or is it, is it have I got that right? Yeah, it's it's um it's really mixed. That people we do have co-working space and a maker space, so people pay there for memberships and to be able to use the spaces. But then again, we have two people, including myself and Hampus, one of the co-founders, that do get paid for the work way they work, running the center and spending all of these hours doing it. And then there's people that have community membership specific agreements uh, with the house that do a certain amount of hours of work per week to be able to use the space for other reasons. And I think it's a lot about um, preference, um, personality, and um, trust. I think, to be honest, that 
And I feel very honored for it, but being paid by Blivande and by the community is a very trusted position to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of work and always a lot of generosity involved, but it feels really like, yeah, I get paid, but it's also, <laughs> this gets out of the energy that it go- goes back. It's, yeah. And I feel the same with Hampus and other people too. Um, we're going to move from being a social company, which is a legal term in Sweden, to a foundation in the next years. And one of the central aspects of the retreat is actually having that conversation with members that feel very attached to Bivanda. Mm. It will also increase the trust because right now Bivanda is in the hands of four shareholders. Um, and of course, they are trusted by the community, but having a foundation with the board is a completely different level than being a company held by people. But it was necessary for us to grow to a level to be able to have a foundation. It was like a step towards the, yeah, the vision. That's cool. Um, I've got hundreds of questions, but I know you also have one. So if you like, we can follow your list. Yeah, if you have an interesting question in the end that, you know, we can talk about it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, my first question is, uh, do you have any tips to our specific size? of group we are about yeah 30 i think in the max 37 people um what does success look like like what are you trying to achieve so we have this is another thing we have very different goals in the core team what we want to achieve because we're very different people some people want to convey the vision this is how it's going to go i am more like a social glue social connection person so for me this retreat is about getting people out of the projects because everyone here in the house is doing a project all the time. Mm -hmm. So I feel that my job is to talk to everyone. So I I get to meet everyone, but members do meet. However, it's hard. They're doing their projects. So yeah, either they start a project, but what I want to really help or yeah, my desire is that people start friendships Mm -hmm. and uh, deeper bonds, Mm -hmm. which is also culturally, uh, a bit harder in Sweden than in other places. Like people start projects, but it takes a longer time to start friendships. Um, so my my my, yeah, desire is to connect people, but it yeah, what clashes a little bit with other people's desires of ah maybe that wasn't my question my last question actually, but I can just put it in that there's people that actually feel how to be inclusive towards people that do not desire any type of structured intimacy and um, feel uncomfortable uh, in any type of setting that forces it. And uh, I come from a world of uh, authentic relating and a lot of mediation, but uh, some people just have so, for me, it's a lot of assumptions about it and fears around it, but I still want to be inclusive, especially because we are a very diverse house with a lot of different personalities. Yeah, I have the assumption that I don't know why, but that maybe you guys are quite connected from the interview or very homogenous and in what the group desires, but our group is really different. Some people are just really like, no, (laughs) and it's no, not no, but no to the, I want to keep in control of my intimacy. I don't want to, yeah, be forced into anything. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, my bias definitely is, it sounds like yours, you know, like that I would usually design a retreat to maximize connection and yeah, to create the conditions for friendship to emerge. And 
I mostly want to be organizing with people that have this kind of, you know, like I'll often talk about interior curiosity. They want to know what's going on inside of themselves and they're interested in sharing some of that with other people and like building links in that way. Um, those are the kinds of people that I want to spend time with. But that is quite a, an exclusive set, right? There's all these other kinds of people which are also fun to connect with and, and um, have a meaningful role to play. So it is important to, yeah, like meet the needs of the people that you've got. And um, some people are going to make friends by having a beer or welding an awesome robot. And other ones are going to make friends by like talking about their feelings and having a cry <laughs> together. <laughs> so it takes quite a lot of um, sensitivity, I guess, in the design to, to make that okay and not to, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful if someone feels like they're pressured to share parts of themselves that they're not ready to or they don't, they're not interested in sharing. Like that, there's, there's a lot that you can do with that. I think um, one, of the way, one of the simple methods that we use that has created a lot of that space for diversity is just leaving a lot of the agenda open for people to decide themselves what they want to do and to be really clear when something is like required or expected and when it's free and not expected. Um, and be careful about like what kind of peer pressure people are being put under because it should, yeah, it should be. I mean, you can, you as a core crew, you're going to have to sort of decide, decide on some minimums. Like I'm assuming everyone has to know each other to some degree. I'm guessing you're using your real names, for example, you know, you've got some degree of awareness of each other that needs to, that you need to agree on that. But um, if you've got this bias towards intimacy and you know that a lot of people don't, then yeah, it's, <laughs> you've got to meet the people where they are, right? And, and, mm. and do the thing that's right for them. Um, I guess one thing on, on the specific, like what things to do, I would be really cautious about um, when to use a round of 35 people. Like it's just at that size where maybe once or maybe twice I would go around the whole circle and hear from everyone, but I'd also consider not ever doing that. Um, because it's just long and it's one of the it's one of the activities that really gets people on edge if they are not into a lot of connection time um, and it's really countercultural as well there's something like in Inspiral for instance when Natia and I hosted the first summer fest that we did the big retreat which is like I think we had 60 people and we didn't have a round and some of the old members were like how dare you <laughs> Like the round is so important to us that we hear from everyone and, and that because it because it builds this coherence, right? It builds a sense of like this is us, this is the whole. And we didn't do it because we thought it wasn't appropriate for the size. Um, that's one little tiny detail. The other one is like uh, we use a practice that I really like called Troika Consulting. It comes from liberating structures. I can share the run sheet for you. It's really simple, mm -hmm. but it's like you get three people into a small group, you can do it in like 10 or 15 minutes. And one person brings a challenge and the other two people bring advice and it's like this really quick fire thing. So you're bringing a project, you know, it's something that you, you, you decide what you want to share and other people are going to talk with you about it. Um, and you can like rapidly do three rounds of that for three people. So in like 45 minutes, everyone gets the experience of sharing a challenge and getting some support and feedback. And some people will bring, you know, I've got this financial challenge with this project that I'm working on and other people are going to bring some relational dynamic that they find difficult. Um, those kind of forms might work 
in that context where people can kind of opt in for the kind of sharing that they want to do and you're still doing a lot of like connecting you know but it's the kind yeah. of connecting that um more sort of like mechanical people are, <laughs> are going to be okay with i think yeah we're i'm going to go for most of it um open space also mm -hmm. because it's, it's just better for our community i i think sometimes when we go into more niche communities like the authentic relating community everyone is on board what is going to happen and it's like consensually giving a yes to the whole experience in some way or form um, yeah, but I learned today, to, for example, that we have quite a lot of members that have a, lot, a hard time listening without being able to mold or do stuff because they have, for example, ADHD, which is, you know, like, okay, then it's good if we have crafting materials, which is maybe very specific to our community that is a creative space, you know, people are a lot of crafters, so actually people needed to be able to listen. And for me, it would have been okay, this person, yeah, doesn't want to listen, it just gave me a completely... <laughs> outside my own experience uh knowledge so yeah um i mean that's yeah. a good that's a good point right like that is a uh, in your role as someone that's got this kind of hosting job um you can continuously come back to this assumption of uh what do they call it like unconditional positive regard like assume that the other person is not listening for a good reason and that in a different condition they'll participate mm -hmm. in a better way and that it's not like some deficiency that they're lacking and you're right. And they're, you know, this, this is like a, a training that you can do for yourself to keep coming to like the appreciative view of like, why are they this way? And what can we do differently? That's going to be more supportive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to have maybe like two, two moments all together, but it doesn't really need to be a sharing circle. You know, I was mm -hmm. thinking more like a little bit of a ceremony or, mm -hmm. yeah, one of my question was if you have some examples of ceremonies, um, we want to have one that um, incorporates a little bit of humor because I'm always, uh, yeah, in my head managing one of my friends and coworkers. She said, yeah, it would be nice if you're not so serious, Diana, because you're always, in I'm not a super serious person, but all the stuff that I do, activates my seriousness in the mm. brain mm -hmm. and then we're again at like yeah the host models the space mm. so uh, yeah she wants to challenge me to do a little bit of a humorous opening ceremony that is nice but that where we get to laugh together because that's um i think a nice way of connecting in our specific group but i was curious if you had any other you know ideas of what we could do as a first time gathering mm. Mm. Um, before I answer that, I just had a little thought uh, that kind of popped in. I need to grab it before yeah. I lose it, which is very simple. But just the difference between two people facing each other and having a conversation and two people being alongside each other and having a conversation. You know, like you're sitting on a park bench and you're looking outwards or you're going for a walk together. That could, that's something simple like that can really make a difference for someone opening up and sharing. Um, one of the things that we've done with opening ceremonies is to put people in pairs and go for a walk and say like if you've got a bell or something this helps like walk out for five minutes and one person is going to be talking about like why have they come what is their intention what do they want to happen blah 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 what are their uncertainties you know whatever question and then you ring the bell and they turn around and come back and the other it's the other person's turn to speak and it's just like you're just kind of rambling and getting stuff off your chest and um it's a really simple form where you are sharing, but you're not like in this yeah. confrontation with the other. Um, 
on the fun thing, I know what you mean. I am, I also bring, like, I've, I'm quite a silly person, but I get very serious in these things. I get really earnest mm. and like, um, <laughs> you're really precious, you know? <laughs> um, it really helps to have someone who is a clown, like someone who can, who can be, who can be ironic, who can like, um, who can bring that, that hilarious, like, like, just to disarm the earnestness and to say, like, yeah, we're trying to do something that we care about. And, like, nothing here is, you know, the stakes are very low in a way, even though it's, like, our hopes and dreams. Like, the worst thing that can happen is we're going to have an <laughs> annoying conversation or, you know, like, someone that can, um, I'm thinking about my friend Ronan Harrington. He's, like, an amazing clown. And he knows how to ride that line between earnest and ironic and can flick back and forth in a really hilarious, like hilarious mm. way. It really helps to have someone who you trust to, to bring that energy, you know, if you don't, if you don't feel like you've got it yourself. Mm. Um, maybe another thing you can do is just like, think about questions that have funny answers. You know, um, my, my friend Joriam from Inspiral, he's got this card deck of cards called Jojo Joe. I think um, the website is jojojo.cards. And mm. it's got, it's like two stacks of cards with questions on them. And one stack is very profound. It's like, if you could go back in time and give your parents one piece of advice, what would it be? You know, wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the other half is like really, it's like profound and weird. And the weird questions are like, you wake up one morning and you can hardly open the door to your bedroom because there's a giant inflatable uh, chicken, you know, what do you do? How did it get there? Tell me a story. And it's just like giving people a chance to um, perform and be silly and like creative and imaginative. Um, so those kind of, like, if you can have those kind of question cards that just give people a chance to show a side of themselves, that's really light and silly. Um, but I'm not really the right person, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, always have this like, like serious tendency to, <laughs> yeah serious up hmm. yeah I guess in some way it's also for me a bit because it's the first one in this context I mean I'm friends with most of the people that are coming to different degrees hmm. because I'm you know like the node and talking to everyone all the time but it makes it more <laughs> it makes me more nervous and less nervous um yeah and also organizing it all and also the trust of organizing it for the core team you know like it it means a lot to me hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way, if, there, if there's a line there of inquiry for just for you, like, um, well, I'll make it about me first. Like, when I'm in a hosting role, I do feel a responsibility and a pressure and a desire for things to be very smooth. And, and, um, and even like in my deepest values, I care about dissent a lot, for example. Like, I really want people to be able to disagree. But when I'm facilitating and someone is bringing dissent, like, I'll often get very activated and just want everything to smooth, smooth, smooth. Like, can mm -hmm. we isolate that, that conflict or something? Or, and, and actually it's like, it can be a really positive contribution to the group. You know, that's what facilitation is. It's like making it easy, making it smooth, but it also has this kind of controlling. Um, mm. Yeah, it can, it can be, it can be this kind of like puppet master trying to control people's freedom and like, oh, we can't have that because it disturbs my plan. And like, that's where I get really serious. Um, and, and I feel like I, when I identify these patterns in myself, I need a few buddies in the room that are in on it and they're going to give me feedback and like remind me to like, hey, 
just relax. It's fine. Like, yeah, this is awkward. Or it feels like this intention. Like, don't worry about it, man. Um, so I wonder what your version of that is, you know, that, that hmm. like why you, why you put on the serious hat when you're not always a serious person. I think when I'm facilitating or being in a role of having planned something, I really, really want people to enjoy themselves and have a good time. Um, I'm also because I'm super invested in this whole project and basically work with my, yeah, some of my best friends and other people that are getting really close. I want this to be nice and that people want to stay, you know, like I want them to stick along and it becomes very personal because, yeah, I know that some people don't really like to call it family, but it's what we kind of are, like what it means to me. Um, My parents live far away in a different country. This is my social network. Um, that is very familial or very similar to a family so yeah I just get super nervous to that my plan fucks it all up (laughs) which of course it wouldn't but like if people have a bad time or yeah just feeling a little bit like a chicken mother that wants to you know like keep everyone safe and overprotected the nest shall be protected from any cows (laughs) yeah 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 I wonder if you can disclose that at the start and just say like you know this is my intention this is what's at stake for me this is how this is how that can show up you know like if there's a way that you can disclose um if I get stressed and I got a balance this is what it's going to look like and I don't want to be that way and like naming it for me really helps de-escalate and and, and reduce the polarization there yeah yeah, I was going to name that I don't want to be so serious all the time from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I will move on with an, an, another question. One, one more first, just, just as yeah. a practical suggestion is a lot of people have fun with music. So if there's ways that you can get music involved early and often, you know, like we play a game called Dance Stop Dance, where... Like we do this on Zoom. I don't know how to do it in person, but it won't be hard to adapt, which is basically everyone's dancing and they're looking at each other and they're like making funny shapes. And then someone stops and then everyone stops. And then someone starts dancing again and then everyone starts and that's the rules and that's it. But um, it's funny. It's like people are moving around and copying each mm-hmm. other. Like those kind of uh, switching modes, like suddenly we're talking about serious things and the next we're like moving our bodies. I think that also creates some lightness. Yeah, I think we wanted to definitely have, I think the second session every um, day being, I mean, optional, of course, as it is, but uh, being about movement, topic of movement, so that we don't sit too much and the people that like, for example, do aerobics with the group that wants to do aerobics, someone wants to go foraging in the forest and get mushrooms and things. And it's a different way of moving. Yeah. But I also also think music... You can also use the movement on, like if you've got serious discussions, um, you know, should we be more like this or more like that and get people to move in the space to represent where they stand. And so it's like a way of participating without necessarily talking as well. That can make a a, a real shift in who's who's showing up. Hmm. That's actually a really good thing about um, talking about preferences and a little bit intimacy and what is going on in your inner world without having to explain why. Hmm. You know, if you have like, I feel more comfortable when I'm alone, but it's also good to know from a bigger group, you know, like that as we share a house, this becomes quite an important thing to know who needs a lot of privacy in the house 
<laughs> I've seen that this is one of the key things that it's hard to understand um, as we share a space, that some people need a lot of space and some, yeah, just want to be in connection. Yeah. That's a really good idea. It also makes it more light because you're moving around. So it's not dra dragging you down. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> yeah, we have a challenge. I decided in the beginning that I was going to allow for drop in a little bit later because we have a lot of members in the house that have kids or that feel very, very strongly about not sleeping in their own beds. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to push for maximum inclusivity. We, it's a challenge because people will feel more connected, of course, that arrive on Thursday. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, because more and more kids in our community are having, uh, people are having kids, it feels very important for allow for that wiggle room. Mm. Um, I know that you said that it would be better to have it, you know, like that you usually do it and complete yeah, you're either in or you're out uh, but do you think what is do you have any advice if mm. you can't you know like because i decided to do it and now it's done and people have signed up and yeah let's try it if it doesn't work but i'm yeah curious for some tips or advice mm. um I, t I, I it sounds like you've made the right decision like you have to be accessible right to the the needs of the people that you've got um one kind of halfway ground is you can say it's too late for this, but in future, um, hmm. that you have to show up on Thursday, but you don't have to stay for the whole time. So then, then people, it's the opening shared context setting stuff that really makes a big difference. And if people miss that, that's the hard thing to recover from. Um, but you can also, this is another thing that you can kind of distribute the responsibility for and say on day one, you can say, Hey, on this day, on this day, on this day, we've got more people showing up and, um, please help us take care of them. Please, please extend your hospitality to them. And like, if you know people are going to be showing up later that day, you can, in the, in the morning, when you come together, you can sort of remind people and say, Hey, can you grab that person? Um, and just give them, give them a tour of the space, you know, like go walk around the space, show them the things and fill them a bit. What, what has happened? Um, yeah. Maybe have an opportunity for them, like at, at mealtimes or something that then you, new people can like stand up and say, Hey, I'm this person. Oh, well, I guess you've seen them before, but just a chance to land and have some sense of like, I really believe in openings and closings that there's like a mm -hmm. threshold that you're stepping into and you're like, I'm in a different space now. So if there's a way that you can kind of make a little micro threshold for someone to, to cross, which mm -hmm. is like standing up in front of people or whatever the thing is going to be. Um, the other piece I wonder, are you designing to have what we call like home groups or pods or, or crews or like a, a small group that people return to? Mm, it's really interesting because a lot of people already have, um, you know, like if you look at an in, in micro solidarity vocabulary crews already, you know, like that it's already um, with different tendencies. I was thinking about it. Um, I'm not sure. I, I know the, pro I don't really enjoy pots so much mm -hmm. myself from an authentic relating point of view. I usually feel that I'm um, not resourced enough to have that in the end of the day. And um, yeah, I kind of never, not easily connect with people that I'm put together. Uh, maybe it's also, you know, the inner rebel that it doesn't really like to be. That's another thing. We're a group of people that really don't like to be told what to do. 
everyone here hates to be told what to do. <laughs> so it's really, <laughs> I don't know, it, it really feels like one of the challenges. Um, but I can see the value and I know that people love it. We, I organized an authentic relating festival, a small festival, and people, it was one of people's favorite things. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still considering it. Well, maybe At least maybe encouraging people to talk to people they don't talk normally at some points. You know, I think that's the most important part for us as a house and as a constant community is that people really do get into the cruise and do know their friends and, you know, like the close people they work with. But then, yeah, what does this guy in the co-working space do if I'm outside with my metal work, you know, in a container? I see him once a week on the corridor, but we are still sharing a space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you want that kind of mixing to happen, uh, a, a lot of people won't mix unless you give them like a social protocol to do it in, you know. Um, mm. I'm very attached to pods. <laughs> 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 um, maybe part of the subtlety is that like we'd always design it so that whether formally or informally, but we'd set up the membership so that we know there's someone that has a kind of facilitator, host, leader, kind of role that you know that they'll be um sensitive to like incorporating people and making it go smoothly we'd also usually the core hosting team would would come up with a question for for the pod every day so that it's like it helps to kind of guide the journey of the time together that it's like you're returning to the small group to, to chew on a question together mm-hmm. i wonder if there's a way to just soften it and make it optional or or, or make every to have some kind of way of saying like basically everything's optional apart from this, this, and this, and, and just keep reminding people like, if this doesn't really work for you, it's fine. There's not something wrong with you. Just don't participate. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Hugi, for example, uh, he really doesn't like a lot of the kind of group activity stuff that I really love. And he's really good at just owning that and being like, yeah, I'm going to go away for the rest of the afternoon. And mm-hmm. like, he's really good at modeling that without it being like a confrontation or something like that. So maybe it's just about, making it easy for people to not do the things if, if they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I had some conversations with Huyi in general about the whole retreat because he yeah, has a, yeah, doesn't really like a lot of group activities and, or it, it's just, you know, input wise, it's maybe too much. Um, but it becomes a different thing if you're in a leadership position as he is in, in the retreat. That's why we have had a long dialogues about it and, it's in my mind because it does affect the group in a different way to opt in and opt out if you are, yeah, one of the core people in the house. Mm. Um, so it's been, yeah, what, do you have any tips about that? I think it's about understanding boundaries and, and, like, mm. and those boundaries, everyone has boundaries, right? So like if you're in the leadership team, you might have requirements of your other colleagues and say like, I need this to happen. There's responsibilities. Mm. We need to share it. I can't take it all. Um, and get that clear but then for the other people to be like yeah I'm an introvert I need to spend at least four hours a day not dealing with people or else you're going to have me like not at my best so uh, if you can have a frank discussion about those principles you should be able to find agreement on what's the minimum set that everyone you know is up for Um, but if you don't have the discussion it can be this weird sort of polarized tug of war between I want you to be more engaged and I want more freedom and peace and quiet. And, yeah. you know, that, that just, yeah, it's a ripe source of tension. Yeah. 
Um, we, I mean, we agreed in our last conversation to full disclosure of the program mm -hmm. and uh, conversation before the week starts um, as a like need of mm -hmm. for us because we do. I mean, you don't know me at all, but like we to do represent to polar opposites of the spectrum, which is very enriching in friendship and in teamwork. But it's also in the concept of planning something. It's mm. like, ah. mm. yeah, it's gooey to work through the differences. It's, I hope he doesn't mind us talking about him in this way. I, I, um, I also feel like kind of polar opposite in, in some of those dynamics with him. And also I just see that it works. Like, He's, a, he's an excellent community builder. He really gets a lot of stuff done. He's just got a completely different set of preferences to me when it comes to social interaction. And so that's what I mean about this positive regard thing, you know, like understanding mm -hmm. that this is coming from a set of values and I respect them and going like, okay, how do I, how do we negotiate in a way where it's like mutually respectful and just assuming that both of us have got, yeah, you know, like a positive intention here. Um, mm -hmm. And adapting to the fact that there's just really different ways, you know, that, yeah, it's good. It's kind of good that the two of you are on the polls in a sense, because there's probably everyone else will fall in the spectrum between you. And so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really value that actually. It's a, it's a place of uh, deep growth. And just like you told me a little bit about what's at stake for you. Uh, maybe it would be helpful to know what's at stake for him. Like why, why would he not want to spend three hours in a sharing circle, you know, and to actually have that really clear so that you can anticipate and not put him in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know that we have people in both spectrums, like people closer to what I consider to be my end of the spectrum. And yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the personal strengths of this community that, that it's so broad in in skills and and personalities but it's also yeah what it makes it bubbly and complicated i mean this is this is something to do in a leadership role as well is to celebrate the behavior you want to see more of and so mm -hmm. so if you think there's this trait like we're actually really tolerant of people living and thinking and doing differently when you see that difference arise, like really take the moment to, to appreciate it and go like, this is actually good. I'm doing this, you're doing that. Those are different. Like we're both, we're both good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, also one of my, I want to have two, two sessions are going to be more like house related and mandatory. And the one is like the future of Levan as a foundation instead of a company, which is very brainy. And I think he is going to, to hold it. Um, and the other one, which is about understanding and conflict normalization. And that's, uh, again, you know, like my, I wanted to make something that is this, also this important and ask people to come. Because I think just that I got this feedback about a member having the need to be actually doing something while listening, because otherwise the member cannot listen. A completely new aspect of life to me. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know this about each other. And I want to do it with Linnea, I don't know if you've met her, um, who, who does similar things to me, but in a bit more of a humorous role. Um, yeah, we're similar, but different. So it's, uh, yeah, I want to do it with her because she also sees how it's easy, like social values and social conversations 
in maker environments can be forgotten or in general are often forgotten and put yeah on secondary importance and it's not it's really important that we become a foundation and it's really important that we put some effort in trying to understand our differences <laughs> i wonder <laughs> as well if if there's a way to communicate across this gap and values like um Often I think that's my role actually is to try and appreciate the different values and then and then find a way of explaining things that really creates the bridge. So um, if if there's people that are resistant to this idea of, you know, it's very hippie, it's bullshit, it's a waste of time, it's like squishy, ugh, don't want to do that. Um, then maybe they need a different metaphor that's not just like about we're going to open our hearts and be in the circle and feel connection, and, but to make it more of a mechanical metaphor of like, we're a complex system. We have mutual obligations and responsibilities. <laughs> For us to be efficient, we need to have strong connections. The information needs to flow. We need to understand like where, where the knowledge is and where the decision-making is. And we need to have a collective intelligence that's like operating at a high frequency. And to do that, we need to trust each other. We need to be communicating honestly because when people don't trust each other, those communication pipelines get very restricted and people are saying things that they don't actually mean and they're withholding the things that are true to them. And so just from a pure efficiency perspective, we need to like increase the density of connections between us. And you know what I mean? Like just kind of shifting a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I loved it. I, I totally loved it. <laughs> I love systems explanation. Yeah, just make it about the internet or like, uh, I don't know, a rail, yeah. railway network. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just we, I mean, it's also because of who you, but we read in general, like a lot of notes and graphs and things. So it's very present in our community, mm. um, even though not a lot of people do it. But I, yeah, there's a lot of joy in, in, in that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you feel ready for the next one? Sure. Um, yeah, any ideas on how to bridge the nodes uh, or like the bridges between newbies and nodes of the, of the community? Because I feel that there's, yeah, the nodes and um, they are connected to a lot of people. And then there's newbies and people in between. Uh, and I sometimes find the hardest to bridge is in between and newbies. I think that the nodes have, you know, like this... Uh, are used to, to interlink and the newbies really appreciate that. But sometimes, yeah, middle, yeah, middle and newbies is a bit harder. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any tips. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, uh, pods are good for this if you design them so that you've distributed people so that they're, they're intentionally mixing. Um, you can also do, uh, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, a, there's a little bit of a taboo about revealing it's a kind of status, right? Like who's been around for a long time. And so mm -hmm. people are edgy about it because you're kind of talking about rank and power. Um, mm. But everyone is feeling it from the moment they step into the space. Everyone knows, even if it was their first time arriving and they didn't know anyone within 10 minutes, they have got a unconsciously, they've got a map of the terrain of status in the room. It's just so easy to pick mm -hmm. up because we're mammals, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think it's really painful if we pretend that that terrain is flat when it's not um and and you can be creative with that you can make it a, an object of shared inquiry 
and and maybe yeah don't open it as a conversation about rank and power but a conversation about context and like information and relationships and context uh, connections um like one of the opening ceremonies that we've done with Inspiral, we've done various like yeah variations on this, which is basically in Inspiral, we've got a very clear dividing line between contributors and members. Um, and, and that line is about how long have you been there? How much trust have you got? What's your investment? Are you legally responsible? Um, and we'll often do things where like the members will be visible some way. Uh, like sometimes it's like the members are gonna make a big circle and then everyone else is going to be welcomed into that circle. They're going to step inside them more. Um, well, there's like kind of two lines, you know, where you, where you can visualize the gap and say like, there is a difference here. Let's be honest about that difference. And, and then the job of this, this time that we have together is to close the gap and to like make bridges and bonds between each other. Um, you could try something where like you get people to line up in the room based on when did they first join? And oh. then... Then once you've got that ranking, terrifying word, um, <laughs> <laughs> then do something where you like pair people off so that they're, um, I don't know, like maybe maybe you can fold the line in half or something like, you know what I mean? Like that, that you're making these connections so that the, the oldest person is talking to the youngest person and, or, or some other way of scrambling people or, um, yeah, again, I, my tendency is like just name the tension that you, yeah. you can anticipate exists there. And, and say we're going to play with it. We're just going to explore. Um, mm. Maybe there's a, a sort of nostalgic question of like, what was your first? What, what was your first expectation when you walked into Vivanda, and how has that changed since you arrived? And get everyone to you know everyone can answer that, um, and they can exchange across those different different context gaps. And, you're, and the people who've been around for a while will just be like, wow, this is so different than what I had in mind. I really love this folding. I think I'm going to do it. Um, it's really interesting because next to time in the group um, for our very duocratic, uh, you know, like this maker's energy is a lot of, in our space. Another factor that I, I, at least from my perspective, is more weights, more uh, powers. How much did you do you contribute with from the, also from the beginning? Uh, are you a problem solver or yeah so this uh, but that's more complex I think actually having the time it's less edgy because it's just a number and it's a fact you know it's a uh, you know what are you going to do about it <laughs> it's the truth <laughs> and you know I said this idea of going for a walk together that could be the way you set up the pairs and then and then send them off for five minutes or ten minutes to like just have a conversation yeah yeah that's a really good idea and uh yeah I, i'm coming oh, to... one, one, one more thing on that one actually that we do at inspiral um this 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 again a kind of mechanical thing about there's a download of context that needs to happen like for a newcomer to be fully empowered and to have a meaningful stake in decisions it's just all this information they need to know and mm. and and it's almost like there's like an infinite amount of information they're never going to be able to catch up um, but at least you can kind of fill up 80% of the information with some very concise presentations, you know? So like we'll often have on the first night or the second night, there'll be like lightning talks where you just ask five people and you really prep them and say, you're going to have seven minutes and I want you to go out and practice before you deliver and like really make this worth our time. Um, 
just to tell seven different stories or five different stories from the history of Blivanda or like specific projects that have happened there or just a way of saying like, here's a download for anyone that's new and everyone, even the people that are not new, but that, that um, let's just bring our history back into the space and, and remind ourselves of like our greater context. That's not just this moment, but the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I get this comment a million times that people are trying to catch up, trying to read the forum, trying to understand the forum. But it's, um, yeah, it's like, it's not easy. <laughs> not, it, I mean, it's easy, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of information. And um, also making it ex explicit is always, always uh, already so much worth it, I think, in the group saying like, you know, this is how this we have also heard from a different community, you feel like you're never having enough information about what is going on because it also increases all the time uh, this is a normal state to be in and I had it for a very long time till I yeah started working full-time here but then I'm working full-time here so I can spend you know my life energy on catching up with the increasing amount of information <laughs> so it's a different yeah you could yeah you could get a roll of paper and draw a timeline and have people tell different stories from the chapters of the timeline and like make notes and have people drawing while they're listening. And, and then, and then you can have the conversation about what's coming in the near future and talk about the foundation, have some people drawing wow. their questions, concerns, principles on that, and then have a visionary conversation where everyone can like just have some time to draw their mm. picture of like, what would the best possible be on the be? We've done that before where it's like actually like 20 meters of paper and everyone's like on the ground drawing on it. It's really fun. Yeah, we wanted to have, I mean, it was just a spontaneous idea, but we wanted to print the forum, not entirely, but at least part of it, and then make a room of it. And if someone is naughty, you know. <laughs> Go read the forum. <laughs> it would be fun, you know, because it's a, it's a lot of information, pictures, jokes, like it's, it's also fun space. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was a, an idea. Um, yeah, one, I have one last question. Um, if you have some example for rituals, because I think we need rituals, people want rituals, and then we again have the spectrum. Um, but I think everyone wants a ritual. It's just like, what is a ritual? Uh, yeah, and if you had examples of, of good rituals that you remember in your communities. Um, yes, one that I loved, and, and it's so much about the the like the poise like the delivery right like how you ride this line between uh reverence and serious you know like seriousness and lightness um in lumio we had one of our co-founders was a practicing witch and she had such a great way of bringing magic into um into a context where we had like christians pagans jews atheists like to, to be able to bring a magic spell into the room in a way that people appreciate it and felt included was quite incredible to watch and really powerful for us. So that was about like, let us create a shared, like a, some kind of physical representation of our shared intention where everyone can put some part into this thing. And, and we're just like, it's just like we're making our shared intention concrete and putting all of our enthusiasm into it. And we've done variations on this, but like, one of them was like she came with this with these like um, kind of awesome magical stuff. <laughs> so like you know 
shells and gems and crystals and candy and toys and you know like she had a bowl of stuff and was just like go through this and just grab anything that calls your attention where you're like yeah this is cool um and then a big piece of paper and she had drawn like a big circle on the paper and it was like take your thing that represents something about your values or what you care about or your dream oh. that we're, we're creating together and put it on the page and also like draw a little like a signature or a sigil or a, or a emoji or you know like just some tiny thing that represents you um and, th- and that was kind of early on and then we like covered the whole thing up uh with a sheet and it was like we're going to leave this to cook overnight so that our um our dreams kind of like weave together in the nighttime mm-hmm. and then in the morning we like took the um the sheet off we put um quartz these like what are they i can't remember what they're called but these long spikes of quartz crystal across the across the circle edge so that it was like a way of breaking the circle and letting the energy out and we had this kind of like wow <laughs> this uh, very enthusiastic like eruption of like we're letting our dreams out now and they're going to be you know it's like our shared intention for what we're going to do together that was really awesome and it really felt like a bonding mm-hmm. and really high and really fun thing to do um we've done no, a bunch that's of a really nice one it's really good. It's really good. This is something about, again, like making it kind of light and like we're going to cook up our good energies overnight. You know, it's like obviously a bit imaginary. Um, we don't have to take it too seriously, but it's fun to get everyone to participate. Mm-hmm. I did mine with candy and then I ate the candy and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm, it's like things with fire are always good, you know, like if there's yeah. a, um, if, especially at this time of year, if you can be burning things, if you can be like um, taking stuff and getting rid of it. Um, trying to think what else has been really moving for me. We did one where um, we had fire, but everyone had a candle and we'd gone on like, we'd, we'd kind of gone on a walk together like to different parts of the, the land that we're on and using the candle as our light and then and then we came to a place and there was a campfire that was ready and then everyone had a turn to throw in their candle and and to like kind of like make some affirmation either silently to themselves so you can just take you can just step forward and put your candle in the fire or you can address the group and say something and and then do the candle thing that was really cool the sense of like we've all got a little flame and we're making a big flame together that was good but yeah, this is really, uh, it's not my strong suit, I think. It's like you need someone more, a little bit more theatrical, a little bit mm. more like potent. I just like talking. I just like, we sit in a circle <laughs> and we tell a story from our hearts. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah I, think, I think I'm feeling better and better about this. I think it was just... Um a lot of different energies and mm. everyone has so much to say about this retreat, but also because we've been waiting for it for so long, you know, like it just becomes a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. So the energies were up. Yeah. I think that's all the questions that I, that I had rich for you. Okay. Well, I'm going to press stop on the recording. Thanks to our imaginary audience for coming along with us. <laughs>